Hello and welcome to the Practice Drill Around the Key podcast. It's going to be so much fun talking everything NBA and dissecting some of the biggest topics currently in the league. Today, we look at the current top four in both conferences and see how serious of a contender each of them are. Then we give our predictions on who have been the surprising team so far and our expectations for them. And finally, we select our player of the season so far in each conference and finish off with our shot clock round. To help me do so, I'm joined by Ben Mastrianis. Ben, how are you? Yeah, man, I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. How much have you enjoyed the season so far? Yeah, no, it's been great. Bit, bit surprising, but it's been good. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely has. A lot of injuries. Uh, some teams doing uh, better than we expected, and some teams are uh, not living up to their preseason expectations. Now, shout out to Sencho for bringing us into this one. And just a heads up, go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at T underscore practice drill to stay up to date on the NBA, cricket, NRL, AFL, and rugby union. But Ben, let's get straight into it. And as I said in the intro there, we're going to be looking at the top four teams in each conference now as it's currently constructed in the west utah jazz are the number one team with a six and one record golden state are just behind they're currently playing as we're recording but they're at a five and one record lake is five and three and dallas just uh got up against the spurs to get a five and three record and in the east miami lead it with a six and one record philadelphia just behind them tied with chicago on a 6-2 and two record, and the Toronto Raptors, surprisingly, in the fourth spot with a 6-3 and three record. Now, we'll start off in the West. Utah in the number one spot. You had them, the Jazz, as finishing in the number one spot come playoffs. How have you liked them so far this season? Yeah, you know, they've done everything I sort of expected them to do. They've been, you know, they've shot the ball good. They've played good defense. Gobert's been, obviously, rebounding crazy. Mitchell's looked good. All of their wings, they've just been they've been really solid, and they've sort of just done what I expected them to do. Yeah, they've been amazing. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, as you said, he's been leading the way in scoring. But I think the the biggest surprising one for me is Rudy Gobert. The amount of points that he's averaging at the moment, up around 14, 15 a game, and the rebounds, eighteen. Like that is ridiculous. So he's kind of looking like once again he'll he'll lead the the rebounding charts for another season, but it's his scoring that I think has actually elevated the Jazz to the next level. What do you think about that? Yeah, obviously, they've been feeding him a bit more in the post and stuff, and he's always been a lob threat and a pick-and-roll target, and with so much focus on their shooters, on Mitchell, on um, Royce O'Neal, on Ingles, players like that, it's a lot easier for him to get open and get mismatches under the ring and roll, so yeah. Now... The only game that they've lost was to the Chicago Bulls in Chicago, and it was basically just due to poor their poor perimeter players uh, shooting. They had four players shoot underneath 36%, which was Mitchell, Ingles, Clarkson, and Bogdanovich. But when they're not shooting below that, they're winning every game. It's, it's absolutely insane, and it shows how important uh, efficiency is for them. Now, the number two-seeded, team at the moment in the West is the Golden State Warriors, led by Steph Curry, averaging almost 29 points a game, shooting the lights out from deep. Uh, but what's really been amazing for him is, is his elevation in rebounding, averaging 7.5, and, and also assists at 6.5. Uh, what have you made of the Warriors' start to the season through their first, uh, what, six, seven games? 
Yeah, you know, obviously, as you said, Steph's playing incredible. He was my top, he was my second choice for MVP this year behind Giannis. But obviously, he's scoring great. The rebounding has been a surprise. Draymond, obviously, as well, rebounding the ball, passing the ball really well. And their defense has been quite yeah. good. I know they were fifth in defensive rating last year. And obviously, with Wiggins and Draymond, they've got a good little defensive duo there that's stringing together some stops and helping them get wins. And they're kind of just waiting for those other guys to come back. Clay Thompson has obviously in the past been an elite perimeter defender. And then James Wiseman's not too bad as well. So a lot of enforcement still to come. But the biggest takeaway is your uh, prediction for sixth man of the year was Jordan Poole. I'd argue that another person's been better than him uh, in that kind of backup uh, guard position has been Damian Lee, averaging 42 uh, sorry, 14.2 points per game, uh, three rebounds, just the one assist. What have you made of Damian Lee's elevation as well? Yeah, obviously Damian Lee, he's played really good. I don't know, what's he shooting from three? Damian Lee shooting about 6% better from the field. Yeah, obviously 46% from the field and 46% from three. He's just shooting the lights out at the yeah. moment. He's obviously a really good shooter. I'd expect that to drop a little bit, maybe to the high 30s, low 40s in percentages. And with that, I think his points per game will drop a bit and Poole will sort of take over as that third scoring option. But you, obviously, he's been fantastic for him. Yeah, well, I think they're kind of a fourth because you're going to have Curry, Thompson, and Wiggins before them, and then it's going to be Lee and Poole. But what I think has been disappointing for Jordan Poole is he had a great opening night game against the Lakers. But you see here, with his three points made and, and attempts, you know, he's shooting, he's averaging one and a half threes a game on, on about six attempts. Now, if you're shooting that kind of split where you're at 24 uh, percent from deep surely you start cutting back on the threes and start start focusing on getting inside and maybe to the cup uh so there's uh some questions around your six man of the year there now in the third spot is the lakers now not the most impressive start to the season they've got it together with a few uh back-to-back wins against the uh houston rockets but it hasn't been smooth sailing so far lebron james was injured uh, for a few games, and Anthony Davis and Westbrook had to take over. What have you made of the Lakers' um, season? Yeah, obviously, you know, they started off slow, as I predicted they would. They've gotten wins when they've needed them, so obviously back-to-back wins against the Rockets. Regardless of how you get wins, they're yeah. still wins, mm-hmm. and you gotta you got to get them while you can. They have been a little disappointing for me, and I think their three-point shooting, the better it gets, the more they'll sort of succeed as a team because it's been a bit lower to start the year. Yeah, it definitely has been, I think. And we've really seen a heavy reliance on three-point shooting from them. You know, by signing, you know, Baysmore, Malik Monk, um, you know, Avery Bradley can shoot a three or two. But even the way that LeBron James has changed his way of playing kind of shows what the Lakers are trying to do. And you see here LeBron James shooting just under three, making just under three threes a game on eight attempts. So eight attempts a game. He's never shot that many threes. So what do you think? Are we seeing a, a, a still a good LeBron James, or you're not liking this new LeBron James? Obviously, the older LeBron gets, the obviously he's still amazing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the yeah. older he gets, the less he'll rely on his athleticism, and yeah. he'll become more of like a finesse player. And with that, I think the three point shooting attempts and percentages as well going up isn't really much of a surprise. I'd expect him to average about eight attempts a game for the year. I don't think that'll go down very much. 
He's still shooting about 55% from inside the perimeter, so very effective, and, and his dunks have been pretty vicious to start the year as well. But in the fourth spot, we'll move on there. Oh, we'll finish up. Westbrook, how, how have you liked his start to the season uh, on the new-look Lakers? Obviously, you know, he started off pretty slow. His first two or three games were quite, Absolutely quite poor. Absolutely yeah, no, they, yeah, yeah. they weren't great. As he's come along, he's sort of gotten into how to play with LeBron a little more. And his um, well, his shooting splits aren't terrible at the moment. He's still shooting bad from three. I think I've always thought Westbrook shoots too many threes. And I I don't know the percentage exactly. Let me just pull he's it He's shooting up. just under 22% yeah, from no, deep. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, but look, I, I think the, the main thing that I like about Westbrook with his three-point attempts is his four that he's averaging per game are all open threes. It's just a matter of time. Like, he'll have games where he's going to hit, you know, two out of the four, three out of the four. So, you know, I'm not I'm not worried about his three-point shooting. I, everyone wants to make a big deal about it. He is going to eventually hit shots. It's going to... might take him a while to get used to the system and feel comfortable playing with the Lakers and comfortable taking, you know, more shots. But I'm happy with the way um, he's shooting at the moment. Um, but, yeah, you you were right in saying it did take him a few games to really settle. And I think it actually took LeBron James getting injured to actually make him gel more with the Give team. Give him a bit more confidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he had a 30-plus point game. And, and even yesterday, you know, the big three there of Davis, James, and, and Westbrook, I think it was LeBron, 30, and Davis Combined and Westbrook both had... Yeah, and they both had 27, yeah. So, pretty... Uh, pretty okay start and and they've got a a pretty easy schedule for the next five games so we'll move on now to the Dallas Mavericks uh decent start to the season but they're kind of flown under the radar a little bit there and and Luka Doncic just has some quiet games some you know 25 plus point games what what have you made of of the Mavericks now uh not under Rick Carlisle yeah obviously I really rate Rick Carlisle as a coach and Luka to start the year he has struggled a little bit he's only putting up 24 8 and 7 on the year and his shooting splits are quite inefficient for how i know last game he only shot about 40 percent this year on the road he's only shooting about 37 percent and you know he struggled a little bit but for them other players have sort of stepped up the last few games jalen brunson he's been fantastic yeah, he, he had over 30 today i think he had 31 today and last game he had over 20 and even their role players like Hardaway, Trey Burke, even Frank Nealakina with the defense, they've all been sort of chipping in while Luca's sort of been settling into the season and helping them pick up wins. And I think it's now I've still got a concern with with Luca and the Mavs because the the three main statistical categories he averages the most in all of them. Now, when you watch a Mavs game, you understand why he always has the ball. It's always centered around him as it should be. He needs to start getting his, you know, his role plays more involved. Hardaway Jr. is averaging about 14 points a game. He needs to get that up over 15, especially if Pazingas is not going to do that. You need a secondary player who's averaging anywhere between 15 to 20. And it's always nice when you get that second player who can average over 20. And the Mavs just don't have that. And that's why I had them as the 8th seed. Did you have them as the 8th seed as well? I'm pretty sure I had them as my seventh seed, oh, okay, so I, yeah. I had them similar position to yeah. you. I do think they'll they'll struggle, especially with the heavy reliance on Luca. You don't win 
you don't win games like that. You can't rely on one player. It's a it's a team it's a team game, and obviously you need other players to chip in. No, you're hundred percent right. But let's move on to the East now. Miami are the number one team at a six and one uh, record so far, and they've really banked on their their defense so far. You know, with Bam kind of anchoring uh, the middle, Butler and Lowry out on the perimeter. Defensively, they're looking really good so far. Yeah, obviously, you know, I picked Bam as my defensive player of the year, and the main reason for that was I thought the Heat would be the best defense in the league. And they, you know, they haven't really shocked me. Jimmy's scoring is up higher than I thought it would be. Definitely, yeah. He is playing 34 minutes a game, which I think will go down a little bit. I think he'll be closer to 31, 30 as the season progresses with the more wins they get, the less he'll need to play. But yeah, obviously their defense is just, it's just insane. You can't, you can't score on them. They're just, and with Hero, Bam and Jimmy all averaging over 20 points a game, they're just, they're really hard to beat. Now, I was talking to you just before, you know, we we sat down to do this podcast. I had changed my sixth man of the year to Jordan Clarkson, but it was initially Tyler Hero, and God, am I kicking myself. Tyler Hero averaging 22.5 points per game at the moment, but it's his shooting from deep that's been incredible. He's averaging three uh, three-pointers a game, shooting up 40.8%. That's incredible for someone who was kind of shot down going into the season for saying that he believes he should be in the conversation with Luca and Trey and and some of those younger players in the league. Um, Do you think he's now in that conversation? I wouldn't put him there just yet. Obviously, he's had a great start to the season. We don't need to overreact too much. It's only been seven games. If he can sustain this level of play for the entirety of the year, obviously he's in that conversation with all of them as like an all-star caliber player. I do think his numbers will go down the more Lowry sort of gets into it. Right now, Lowry's only shooting about nine shots a game compared to Hero's 18. I do think Lowry will start shooting a bit more and shoot it a bit better, and that will make Hero's numbers drop a little bit, as well as um, Oladipo coming back when he comes back. I do think that'll drop Hero's numbers a little bit, but I still think right now, if I could change, he'd be my pick for sixth man of the year. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly the same. How crazy is it thinking that Oladipo has to come into that side? I'd completely forgotten about it. Like, this team is already the number one team and they've got, you know, an insane talent coming in uh, soon. So, you know, the, the Miami Heat are off to a great start. Now, a side that we'd kind of put lower, I had them as uh, the fifth seed in the East. Uh, Philadelphia are now up in the second spot with a 6-2 and two record, all uh, with... You know, the drama of Simmons behind the scenes. They've seemed to stay really focused. And I think it's also come down to some of their role plays on the setup. Corkmars has had a great start to the season. Seth, Seth Curry's been amazing. huge. And also, I think Tobias Harris is started off the season looking like he's going to have his best year in a 76ers jersey. Uh, so your thoughts so far on uh, Philadelphia? Yeah, obviously, you know, with Philly, their defense has always been their thing that sort of carried them. And Bede, obviously, one of the best defensive centers in the league. Harris, a solid defender. Thibel, he's a really good defender. Danny Green. Their defense has really stepped up for them, even in Embiid's case with the scoring. Embiid's scoring is quite down from last year. He's only averaging about 21 a game as opposed to about, I think, 27, 28. Yeah. He averaged last year. But obviously, like you said, Harris is pretty much at 20 points a game. Seth Curry's all the way up at 16. 
Tyrese Maxey at 14, Milton at 11. They've got eight double-digit scorers at the moment. If all their role players can continue chipping in like that, I think they'll be they'll probably be a top three, four seed if they can continue this. And I think it's a really smart adjustment from Doc Rivers to basically go, well, now that we don't have Simmons out there, you know, getting, you know, uh, getting the ball inside to Embiid. And also, you've got to remember, Simmons misses a lot of shots inside. And Embiid's always there to clear to clean it up, put it back in. So that's probably like the six points he's missing on his average. And they've shown a reliance on deep twos, perimeter shooting. Um, and that's taken away from Embiid scoring. But um, he still isn't having a poor season. A lot of you know casual fans would be saying, oh, Embiid's not... It's not the same in beat, but it's actually just maturity to know that he doesn't need the ball to dominate. He can start, you know, spacing the floor a little bit more. He is, you know, averaging four assists, which is pretty decent for a center, especially someone like him who isn't as mobile as other centers, like a, like a yeah, Jokic. Um, and, you know, and about nine rebounds, that's still down, but he's also got Drummond in there cleaning some up. Um, and... I'll tell you what, also, Tobias Harris steals a lot of rebounds. He's averaging nine at the moment. So um, they're looking really good um, all around the board. And, and Embiid's defense, is, as you said, is amazing, averaging a steal and almost two blocks per game. So really, um, really good start for them and something that you know the two of us didn't uh, predict. Now, I have to admit, and it, we are only eight games in, but... I feel a little bit stupid for putting Chicago so low down in uh, in my conference uh, predictions. Six and two start. They've been unbelievable, led by you know Demar Derozan. Really, like Levine's been Levine, but um, what what have you made of the of uh, all of the off season moves that Chicago have made and and their start to the season? Yeah, obviously they look really good to start the year. They haven't played the most difficult of teams, and I know they have a really tough stretch coming up. In their next 15, they've got Boston, they've got Philly twice, they've got Brooklyn, they've got the Warriors, the Lakers, they've got the Knicks, they've got Miami. So they have a really tough run Mm. coming up. Yeah. And it's good that they picked up the wins they did early. I think they're still a decent team. I think they're being a little overhyped right now, and I think DeRozan will sort of come back to earth sort of thing. He's obviously, he's been amazing these first... um, two weeks averaging 25.6 points a game that's about eight points higher than what he averaged for the spurs last year i do but think- i think that's because of the way that sorry to cut you off but i think that's the way that chicago play and that's where the spurs never suited him because greg popovich plays a lot of a slow down traditional style whereas like chicago they just look electric get the rebound bang lonzo's doing a full court pass to you know levine or caruso or whoever's down there um running the floor they just look unbelievable. I I don't think they're being hyped. Like I they sorry, they are being hyped. I don't think they're being overhyped. I think they're being correctly evaluated. But you I, I do think they'll struggle in this next month. But I think they can also struggle teams by how quickly they, they want to play. So I'm really excited to see um how this next month goes for them, but um, you know, I think they're playing really, really well. All, you know, their stars. I think Lonzo Ball's been amazing. And I know, you know, off air, I was talking to you, you know, in the past about my concerns about Lonzo Ball. And I think he's really put that to bed to start the season. Um, what did you want to finish on with the Bulls? Obviously, as well, with the Bulls, you've got to factor in their starting power forward, Patrick Williams. He's out for the season. Yeah, so he hurt huge. his wrist. So he 
obviously losing a starter is never ideal and he will have an effect on you know how they perform in the next sort of six months with him out now one of the most surprising out of the uh seven teams we've spoken about so far is the Toronto Raptors in the fourth position with a six and three record but it's been kind of led by OG Ananobi um who's really you know elevated his game averaging 20 points a game um but how about Scotty Barnes leading the way their second leading scorer in his first season only seven games into his career yeah obviously you know he's been fantastic Pascal hasn't been back yet yeah and you could make the argument that they might even be better with yeah. Pascal coming back in obviously I think Barnes's numbers are a bit inflated at the moment but you know with the with the role he's had so far he's been he's been amazing Averaging about 18, 9, and 2 a game on really, really good shooting splits. He's not much of a three-point shooter, but when he does take them, he hits them quite well, and he hits um, hits a lot of shots inside the paint, and obviously he's really strong finishing around the rim. Yeah, he's he's been amazing for them, and Fred Van Vliet has actually taken a back step. Now, I'm not a huge Fred Van Vliet fan. I've always thought that when the Raptors won the championship, he had a really good finals run and a really good uh playoffs uh campaign but i still don't think we've really seen him turn into the person that people claim that he is i don't think he's that dominant scorer um even last year with lowry he just you know he has games where he really helps like he's he's averaging 17 points that's good and all but the type of hype that he gets should be you know a 20 point plus performer so um yeah i'll be interested to see i think you're right with pascal coming back there's definitely an argument that they are going to be um better than what they are now but um yeah i still i still think that they might fall away and fall out of the of the playoff uh window so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds there um in toronto but on to our second segment which is our surprise teams now, we'll just go one-on-one. One. So, I'll start off here. My first surprise team so far this season has been the Washington Wizards. They've been unbelievable with four players, almost five with Contavious uh, Cardwell Pope averaging 9.7, almost five players in double figures. And one of the more surprising ones for me has been Kyle Kuzma averaging 16 points a game, 11 rebounds and a couple of assists he's been incredible what what do you think about the wizard so far yeah you know obviously their record sort of speaks for itself beal sort of been able to take a back seat sort of yeah he's only he's down to about 24 points a game instead of the 30 odd he was he at is last struggling year. though shooting wise which i've noticed he's shooting 38 percent from the field you know he's, he's still having you know 24 attempts which is a lot a game but he's just not converting on those opportunities so I don't know if he's taking a back seat. I think he's just off to a slow start, um, which has been not Bradley Beal-like. We don't usually see that. His defense has been great, averaging about two steals. Um, But I think also with him, unlike, you know, him and Westbrook, that duo, it's really... um, He has more players to rely on this year because the the value they got in return for trading Westbrook... Um, means, you know, Montrezl Harrell averaging, you know, up towards 20 points a game. Spencer Dinwiddie as well. They are, Their team is a lot more... It's um, a lot more well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. Um, but give me your um, first surprise team of the season so far. For me, my first surprise team of the season would have to be the Charlotte Hornets. Mm, yeah. Obviously, you know, with the Hornets, what is their record at the moment? Their record at the moment is, I think, about 5-3. and three. Yeah, they're 5-3 and three at the moment. And obviously, you've got LaMelo Ball putting up about 20 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds a game. Hayward and Oubre and Terry Rozier all playing their role. But Miles Bridges, yeah. he's probably, he's one of, if not the leader in the Most Improved Player yeah. Award this year. He's been absolutely amazing. 23, 8, and 3.5 and a, a game with two steals and about a block. He's just, he's played absolutely amazingly. Shooting, shooting about 35% from three as well and 47% from the field. He's just, he seems absolutely unguardable at the moment. And I don't know if his stats, if it's like only eight games in, his stats will drop or not. Yeah. But if he can sustain this level of play with Lamelo, Hayward and Terry Rozier all playing their roles, I think they could be a playoff team. They could be a playoff team. They're definitely at the moment a, a play-in tournament team. So it's just about taking the next step for them. Now... We've already spoken about this team, and and some people may have a problem with me picking this team as a surprise side, but I've got the Golden State Warriors. Now, in my predictions, I had them in the fifth uh, spot in the West. I think I had them fourth. Yes, yes. So just like uh, around the middle of the playing bracket there in um, in the West, but I did not expect them to get off to this kind of start. Wiggins has finally seems like he's found a place. Uh, in that Warriors uh, locker room, averaging you know 16 points a game, he's been really strong rebounding wise up towards about five. Um, Draymond Green's being Draymond Green, and just the fact that they do not have Clay Thompson at the moment, James Wiseman hasn't played a game, and they're still the second seed in the West is unbelievable. We spoke about Pascal Siakam coming back and helping the Raptors. Those inclusions to the Warriors side is way bigger than Siakam. So I think fifth spot is is not going to happen. It's going to be higher than that. Your four might might happen, but I'm even thinking maybe a top two chance at the moment. Um, and especially, you know, there was video of Clay Thompson this morning uh, shooting around. Pulling and up so from half court he could, pre-game. He could, yeah, he could be back even earlier than, than, you know, that Christmas timeline that we were initially given. So, yeah, they're my second team. Um, what about yourself? Uh, for me, my second surprise team, obviously I've, we've already talked about them, the Raptors. Yeah. Just reiterating what we said before, you got Scotty Barnes who's outplaying whatever unexpected you got got uh, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, and obviously OG Ananobi's taken that step and has sort of put his hat in the race for the Most Improved Player Award. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he'll be a candidate for it. So, yeah, they're, they're looking fantastic. Okay, now on to our third and final topic before we get into the shot clock round. It's our player of the fortnight. Um, so, through the first eight games, who do we think has been the best player for myself? There's a bit of a theme going on here. I'm constantly talking about the Warriors. My player of the fortnight is Steph Curry, averaging 28.7 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, and 6.5 assists. He's doing it all. He's really leading from the front for his side. And even more importantly, he's leading them to victories. Um, he has had the occasional poor fourth quarter. I think one that springs to mind is is uh, the Warriors game against Memphis. The where, overtime, he yeah, sort of struggled. Yeah, I think he went about zero of six, maybe. Something like yeah, that, yeah. Uh, after you know, and and had you know thirty six points through three quarters. 
Um, so he really struggled there. But besides that, he's been elite, and his sides only had that one loss to Memphis. So um, that's why Steph Curry is my player of the fortnight. How about yours, Ben? Who have you got? Uh, for me, my player of the fortnight might be a little surprising to some of you, might not be. I've got Ja Morant. Oh, okay, yeah. He has been absolutely insane to start this year. Really 28 has, points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. And for me, the big thing with Ja is his shooting, his jump shooting, 52% from the field and up to 38.5% from three, which was at about 30% last year and 82% from the line. He's obviously, he's scoring at will at the moment. No defender can stay in front of him. No one can match his speed, his acrobatics in the air, his athleticism. And if his three ball continues to continues to go the way it's going, he, he'll he be a top 10 MVP candidate that's, this year, that's, I think. That's been the biggest thing that I've taken away. His athleticism that we've seen so far this season is no surprise. Like we saw that last year. We saw it the year, uh, the year before as well. But yeah, it's just been his three ball. Like, he hasn't really shot very well from memory over the past two seasons uh, from deep. So, great to see him uh, really elevate that part of his game. But what do you think? So, do you think he's a serious MVP candidate or do you think he'll just finish in that in that top? I don't end? think he's a serious MVP candidate because for me, to be a serious MVP candidate, your team has to be sort of a top four or five sort of seed. I do think at the moment they're looking like they'll make at least the play-in tournament, maybe even a sixth, seventh seed sort of thing. Yeah. And because of that, I think he'll be in the conversation, maybe top seven, eight, nine, ten sort of range, but I don't think he'll be one of the top three or four candidates for the award this year. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, let's get into the shot clock round now. For those of you who may have missed... Uh, our first episode, you should go back and listen to it. It's Ben and I giving our season predictions. But to reiterate what the rules are, basically three rounds and we have 24 seconds each to debate one side of the topic. Now, one from our first episode was we had a, a topic of who do we think has a better chance of winning the championship, the Brooklyn Nets or the LA Lakers. Ben and I take one side each. And we have 24 seconds to argue that. Now, today we have three killer topics. And we're starting off with topic number one. And Ben will go first. Is Damian Lillard's poor start to the season something we should be concerned about? Obviously, we know Damian Lillard started the season quite poorly. And so so have the Blazers. He's only shooting about 35% from the field and 23% from three. Only averaging about 19 points a game. I think we all know what Damian Lillard is. He's obviously, he's an all-star. He's a superstar caliber player. I don't see a world in which those numbers stay that low, and I think he'll be fine, and he'll pick them up as the weeks come along. Okay, nice. Well, I'll argue that, yes, this is a, an actual concern. He's averaging 19 points a game for someone who's usually up in the high 20s, 28 to 30 range, and is constantly a top five MB, MVP candidate. The fact that he's dropped off so significantly is is, abso- is an absolute shock. He's not getting to the line as much, and maybe that's due to the new rules, but he's also shooting such a low three-point percentage. Ooh, just in time. Okay, so I'll go first for topic number two, which is, is Ja Morant a top five point guard in the league at the moment? And I'll go first, and it's 100% he is. He's been absolutely straight balling, averaging 28.3 points a game so far this season through seven games. He's Not only is he leading the way in his team in scoring and assisting, he's making his teammates better around him, which is the sign of a great point guard. And he's also leading his team's 
team to victory. They've been a surprise team so far this year. We're a bit stiff to miss out there. Oh, I've gone well over time. Damn. Damn. A couple seconds over yeah, there at least. That's a penalty at least. <laughs> uh, no, you go now for that one. Obviously, I'm going to argue he isn't a top five point guard. Obviously, Jar, he started the year great, but I don't think we should overreact. It's only been about eight games. Obviously, his stats right now are amazing, but I don't think we should overreact. Players like Steph, Lillard, Luca, even players such as like Westbrook, they're all they're all still great point guards in this league, and I think they're all still better than Jar until he proves it in the playoffs. Wow, no, that, that's a solid argument. You definitely win that one for me going overtime. Um, I'll start with this one. Uh, topic number three, our final one, is have the changes to the rules made the game better or not? I, I think they haven't made the game better. I think, although, yes, it may have sped it up a bit, I think it's actually been, you know, uh, less rewarding for attacking players, drawing fouls and uh, finding ways to draw contact. We've seen Harden, although sometimes some of his methods of drawing fouls weren't very good, it's still, he was making the defense make mistakes and we're kind of rewarding the attack just in time just in time obviously for me i think the rule changes have made the game better i think it's rewarded defenses and defenders a lot more than it has in previous years and i think that's really good for the league i think that a lot of foul baiting a lot of flopping has sort of made the league a bit worse than it could be and a bit less exciting and i think with the rule changes players like Harden, players even like lillard have sort of had to adapt their games a bit more to fit the rules. A little bit over, just a bit. Just a bit, just a bit. We'll let it slide. But that will do us for our second episode of the Practice Drill Around the Key podcast. Ben, it was a pleasure uh, talking basketball with you as always. And until next time, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at T underscore Practice Drill, keeping you up to date on all things NRL, AFL, Rugby Union, Cricket, and as we spoke about today, NBA basketball. But mate, enjoy the next uh, couple of weeks. I know you've got HSC, which is huge. Good luck. We all should up. wish uh, Ben good luck with that. Um, and hopefully uh, the Bucks can get all their injured players back for hopefully, you. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and Giannis doesn't have to uh, carry them too much, but we know he doesn't mind it. Um, but anyway, until next time, enjoy your basketball.